Hello, this is Peter Davison. You're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 465 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where sometimes even sword fighting and cybernetics aren't enough to win the hearts of the viewers. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. And I'm Haley. And this week, the TARDIS team increases from three to four again, but not in the way you'd expect, in the King's Demons. So it's the 13th century and a TARDIS has just landed in the midst of a joust. Uh, Unfazed by alien interruption, King John believes the Doctor, Tegan, and Turlow are friendly demons. Yeah, it's... It's an easy mistake to make, uh, and welcomes them to his court. But that's not the only strange thing about the King of England, as another knight soon arrives claiming the true John is in London. Who is this guy? Well, the doctor sees all sorts of hinkery afoot, and he discovers that the master, ah, himself, is hiding amid the entourage. And when he flees in an Iron Maiden TARDIS, cue the air guitar riff, Bill and Ted... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the doctor learns that the imposter king is a weaponized android chameleon. Another round of hijinks ensues, and the doctor and master trade sword fighting for a war of wits, each trying to win over control of chameleon. Impressive. A weapon used by the invaders of Zerfas a decoy. Capable of infinite form or personality. Interesting. Well said, my demon. We are a complex mass of artificial neurons. And controlled by? Nothing more than simple concentration and psychokinetics. Look again. So this was a nice two-episode story. And so we can ask, was this the right length for the take? I don't, I can't imagine it being any longer. (laughs) (laughs) I I said it to Julie as she finished her first viewing of this and said, this is what happens when you don't have a B story. And that's basically it. I don't have a problem with the story. It's just flat. What's the extra companion doing? Nothing. Lock him in the dungeon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or lock him in the TARDIS. I I do. I feel like I'm glad they didn't try to just throw extra time in to fill four blocks. But I also kind of did that double take where I was like, excuse me, where's the rest of any sort of story? It's not an unenjoyable story. And that's just, you know, but it, it makes you really appreciate the, the fact that in most instances, You've got something else going on off to the side that is there, not necessarily for the point of distraction, but just sort of to fill out and give some dimension 
to the world that they're catching themselves in. You know, there are other things afoot. There's other players involved in the mix. This thing happens so much on the surface that it's like if, if at any point the doctor stops talking or the master stops talking, the world ends. Yeah. It, it would, there's, there's stuff there that could have been stretched out. Like, you know, you, you could have had a subplot of like the doctor going to, to London and, and encountering the real John or things like that. And there's, there's things that you could have done to make the story longer, but there wasn't anything you needed to do. Like this was a, a concise little story that told what it needed to. And, and then we're off with the new companion in tow. Yeah. You also could have had like what we usually get, you know, the companion that's not with the doctor is off having some side adventure with a random character. You know, mm-hmm. Turlo could have been wandering around the basements of the castle doing hijinks or something. <laughs> he would have to find the tunnels so that he could crawl. Turlo has to do a lot of crawling. Yeah. He tried to go help someone find a horse. Person found a horse, then got shot. So, <laughs> I don't know, not really great. <laughs> that crossbow sequence. I absolutely love that one. It is the most perfectly aimed shot. Who knows what the range was on that thing? And the guy on the horseback that just, ha, holds his arms out to the sides, doesn't fall off the horse because we're not paying for those kind of stunts. <laughs> but we are going to pay to watch a guy ride a horse for like two solid minutes. I did notice that. Yeah. The whole pacing when he's coming in. That was mm-hmm. very dramatic. Yeah. 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 Well, this first episode had notoriously low ratings, under 6 million viewers, where episodes typically had 7 to 8. It's also considered one of the least favorable Fifth Doctor stories. Where do we think it missed the mark? Yeah, the thing that baffles me about this is that the low ratings was were on that first episode. Live viewing, you know, there's no plus ones. This is this predates all that. We're early 80s at this point. So something about either the premise of the story didn't catch viewers and get them to want to tune in as Radio Times like kind of promoting, you know, here's what's coming up next week or what have you. And they were coming up to like the 600th episode, I believe, um, as far as, you know, if you just count numerically. Mm-hmm. So this should have been something that they could tout. And yet it had the the first installment of the two-parter. The, it kind of recovered in the second half. Like it, it, they got back up to about 7 million viewers or so. But that's still... Uh, it's almost as if they knew it was a story they weren't going to enjoy and said, nah, I'm going to go to the corner shop. What was happening in the world that night? Was there something major like on the news or something? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I want to look at the back of the original broadcast date and see if something was happening, if there was a strange meteor in the sky or something. That- <laughs> or, I don't know, other airings of shows talking about the King John. Like, it's such an overdone trope now mm. that I wonder if it was received the same back then yeah they could have gotten to an exhaustion point say oh another historical piece mm-hmm. okay. yeah mm. and then they heard oh, oh the, the master was back. on and yeah. then right right get that mm-hmm. final reveal come back in on the cliffhanger go ooh, 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 i missed this okay yeah and they go through enough of it that you um, you don't miss too much when mm-hmm. you watch the second and be like oh this is the point of why we're here yeah as far as like missing the mark, um, I, I mean, it hit all the basic beats, but it hit them on a really, really primary level. This is like, okay, Master's in disguise. He gets revealed at the end of the episode. We spend the next chunk of time battling against him, not violently, because the Master's playing. To, I mean, this this like goes right down the checklist. The Master plays to the fact that the Doctor's morality gets in the way of his ability to make a decision that could have ended this a dozen times over, and so on and so on and so on. Um, 
you know, his, his companions are a point of weakness because of his concern for them and, and, and on and on and on. Um, if anything, I felt like it kind of, if it missed the mark in anything other than just being kind of thin, I think it really underutilized, maybe this is the nature of it being thin, it underutilized the companions, specifically Tegan, and the idea that she just spent the whole episode saying, I'm cold. And just putting on layer after layer. <laughs> that is unfair. She hit the TARDIS so hard it jumped to the room over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just saying. Yeah, well, I, I don't yeah. know. But the fact that we had all of the focus at, at that point, it boiled everything else down, actually just sort of burned it away. There was really nothing else there. And it was just the, the fifth doctor and the master show. This for 42, uh, just under give or take 40 minutes of, of screen time of just the camera focusing on Davison and Anthony Ainley. How were their performances since you were just staring at them through the entire thing? How did they do? I thought that Ainley was fantastic. I, I loved I especially love it when the master is in disguise uh, when he's playing a new character. It's it is so much fun to see Ainley just just chew on the scenery in those uh, situations. But uh, I miss the rubber masks. OK, did you, uh, Julie did not catch it. The reveal mm. actually caught her by surprise. Haley, yeah, did you recognize him? No, I, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't recognize him until he was revealed. So I was okay. surprised, but like I'm so used to him like pulling off the rubber mask, and he didn't do that, and I missed that. Ah, because he's got the Weedly Whoop technology now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right. I didn't. I, I wasn't watching for that. I ju- I did think like, oh, this guy seems to be controlling the king. Like he was the whisper in the ear guy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you had asked me right before even the the duel where he then revealed himself, I would have been like, no, it's it's just a guy. He's right. But Jay, you were saying about uh, about the nature of their performances themselves. Yeah, I I thought that the the performance was great. Like I said, Ainley is just he's such a joy to watch most of the time. Davidson was I felt like it was off in this one. Like there were there were aspects that like he would make choices as a doctor that I'm just kind of like that just doesn't seem right. Like I mean, it fit the story and it fit what they were trying to tell, but it didn't seem to fit the character necessarily. He seemed more lost than I would like the doctor to be. A lot of mm-hmm. his reactions mm-hmm. were caught off guard or just like blank faces where I think he's supposed to be calculating or thinking, but when you're put up against Ainley, you're not anymore. You're just standing there looking dumb. Mm -hmm. Right. I will, uh, I will ask to stick a pin in my comments because I don't want to get ahead of myself as far as why I think Davison's performance was like the, like the energy felt a little unusual Mm -hmm. and I think it was intentional, but I don't want to, I don't want to foreshadow anything, so I'll just leave it at that. Ainley, I, I agree, was he's he's at his strongest when in character he genuinely feels like he has the upper hand through this entire thing. And he is at least two to three steps ahead of the doctor on these things. And he's got and, and the grin ensues. Um and he and he was working that up and down. The thing that really that that I think just showed that they were both kind of really appreciating or, or really enjoying the fact that that they knew that this was just their show <laughs> for for the next you know two episodes was that uh, they did the entire sword fight themselves no stunt doubles nice which is really cool I mean yeah. uh, Davison is a is an established fencer but mm-hmm. Ainley 
is just a stage actor. So that's all him, you know, just working on his stage fighting skills and having a, a really excellent fight coordinator to, to get that together because that was, that was done pretty well. Those were not, okay, A, B, down, C, D, yeah. back up to A. Well, I assume yeah. he's a Shakespearean performer because he's a British actor. So he's probably done some yes, stage fighting before. <laughs> yes, yes. They yeah. do that in primary school. Yeah. <laughs> so does anyone have points in the story's favor to promote rewatches or recommendations? It's short. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it's easy to digest. It doesn't require a whole lot other than just say, by the way, their ships are called TARDISes and they can look like whatever you want. Boom, go. Uh, it gets you some of the master, which we mm-hmm. always love the through lines of when the master appears, how that will play out in future episodes. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't see myself going back to rewatch this short of you know, trying to cover it for the podcast in the future for some reason, uh, <laughs> which is the only reason why I watched it this time. I, I was telling Kier because he was like, you you watched it like you were, I went on a trip and was he's like, you watched it before you. I was like, yeah, no, I, I watched it on the flight down. I might have to watch it on the way back just to remind myself. And I got on the plane yesterday and was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, not, you get it. Not, yeah, it, there's not a whole lot of, of meat to dig into here. But uh, as far as recommendability. Yeah, like you said, you know, it, it's short. If somebody is really enjoys Ainley as the master, then by all means, I mean, this is a this is a feast. But beyond that, there you don't really get a whole lot other than like, oh, look, we have Chameleon now, which I think gets explained better moving forward. So, right. Um, Spoilers. Well, he's on the TARDIS this at the was end. A- I know, he is. Yeah. And he says, hey, can I stay? Can I have your room? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to squat here. You guys mind? Uh, Chameleon gets very, very often completely overlooked in the Pantheon uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, but this, this is, you know, coming in on a story like this uh, doesn't, it, it's not a bad tee up. I mean, it, I, one of the things that I think that this story has going for it is the fact that when we're talking about the digestibility of it, um, it, it explains itself very well as far as, mm-hmm. okay, well, I picked this thing up on this planet. Uh, I plan on using it as an imposter because I, I want to topple uh, the the major civilizations of the universe, so that I can be its emperor. Okay, all right, you're, all right, mustache twirling, got it. Yeah, full villain exposition, awesome. Go, and and this is going to be my my tool to do it. And for the time, I mean, this that was actually that was not even a puppet. That was actually a voice activated uh, piece of of tech, right? Like the like it would pick up on 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 vocal input and it would try to move the mouth accordingly while it was receiving an audio signal. So it was kind of a little bit into proper animatronics at that point, um, which was just kind of cool. I mean, it looked a little a little disturbing, especially when the mouth moved um, a little bit. Just just and when it would turn its head and the neck would break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't ask it to do any sudden shifts to the left or the right. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, I think it is it is rewatchable because there's nothing wrong with it. I, mm-hmm. I honestly I don't really have a problem with the story other than it's just it's it's like a yeah. a, a youth a youth fiction version of a right. So there's there's know? no reason you'd tell somebody oh you've definitely got to skip that one. But also you would never tell somebody oh this is one you've really got to seek out. Yeah, yeah. If you want like mundane flavor it's yeah this is th- this is your white bread episodes this is ketchup this is ketchup this is the ketchup of the fifth doctor season <laughs> but the fact that it is considered like one of his absolute worst 
I wouldn't call it the worst. We've yeah, seen no. some other doozies where I'm like, no, I think you've just gotta, don't. You've got to aim higher to do really bad. And they didn't aim very high with this one, so <laughs> they couldn't do really bad. Yeah. I mean, this this was the bottom of the Fifth Doctor evaluation, and the top was the other two-parter, Black Orchid. I think this was the bottom because people just didn't remember it. I feel like that's what happened with this story. <laughs> they get through filling yeah. out all the bubbles, and they go, oh, well... I missed one. I picked that one. <laughs> Which one was that again? So it, it marked it as a zero because yeah. I didn't fill in the bubble. Yeah. There you I, go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or to your point of why were the ratings specifically so low? Was there something else going on? And if that is a chunk of the basis of that kind of measurement, then that makes yeah. even more sense. It was a blood moon eclipse that night. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. This is one of those rare occasions where we actually know about the thing before we record. Instead of talking about it a week later like we usually do. <laughs> yeah, but of course I'm not going to edit this thing for like eight days, so whatever. Right yeah. on time then. Part <laughs> for the course. I will say I am just pleased that we can put this stupid rumor to rest again. Because <laughs> yeah. it comes around every regeneration so, cycle. Hugh, Hugh Grant <laughs> is not the next Doctor. No, he totally is. I saw it in the mirror. <laughs> right. Hugh Grant <laughs> says that Hugh Grant is not the next doctor. Wouldn't it be yeah. the biggest surprise if this time he actually was? Does Hugh Grant have kids? <sighs> are, are they actors? Hugh Grant's kids have a better chance. <laughs> the lookalike of Hugh Grant right. is going to be <laughs> that guy, the next doctor. <laughs> that guy who stands on the corner. That guy who your dad a, no. always thinks is Hugh Grant and it's not Hugh Grant. <laughs> that guy. That's just the guy who bags groceries at the market. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this this has come about. Multi- I, I had a friend send it to me and I'm like reading the article and it's first off, it says, according to the mirror. I'm like, if your source is another news outlet and that news outlet is the mirror, you've got problems. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Check yeah. yourself. There were, yeah. You would see because like, I set the alerts to get the anything related to the fandom and whatnot. And, and if, then skip out on the ones that are from the mirror. <laughs> well, no. What happens Ooh. is you get a source that references an article or, or you get you get a, a, an alert for a headline that references an article that notes the mirror as a source. So you're three degrees of separation from the truth at that point. Right. And climbing. So, yeah. suffice to say, was the mirrors article even recent? It was. We were that would we yes. were actually okay. all together in the same city when that article came out because I looked over at Kieran and showed it to him. Okay, uh huh. Just I wanted was, to make sure because I that would be the him. kicker: is three years ago Hugh Grant right. was supposed to maybe be. This is just one of those instances where. At, at a given moment, they will try to get a little bit of a of a subscriber push by rehashing something that has been discredited, but nobody really has come out yet to say definitively that it's not true. I can't say they not not are going to be the not. If we not print it, they will come. <laughs> so suffice to say, nobody I mean, they, knows who the hell the next doctor is going to be right now, except maybe Russell and a handful of other people just yet. And I, I'm not even sure it's gotten that far yet. Yeah. I, I got a feeling they're they're still going to be doing a, a, a few more uh, screen tests and things yeah. before. They're on the short list, sure, but... Mm. It's on a napkin somewhere. <laughs> right. And then you get that napkin framed. But one thing that we do have confirmed, thankfully, 
is uh, we have an air date for the Legend of the Sea Devils. Yes, and a promotional image that looks wicked proper. <laughs> I put it on my calendar. <laughs> it's reels. It's reels. Real? It is the date that we thought it was going to be. It's yeah. the 17th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see it finally, finally, in an official press release, three weeks before the freaking I'm thing I'm surprised airs. we heard about this before <laughs> April 10th. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, they have done worse. Not they much. could have released it on April 1st and thrown that, everyone yeah. off. That would have been funny. That's true. That's no, probably why the push from marketing was like, you have to get it out before April 1st. Mm-hmm. That's when we're going to get our next doctor confirmation. <laughs> and it's Hugh Grant. <laughs> it's brother. Hugh Grant is a sea devil. <laughs> um, but there are some promotional images out, you know, some some stills from the episode the, to show some of the costumes. Holy crap. They look so good. Um, uh, Jody looks amazing. Uh, Dan, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with what Dan's wearing. He's a pirate. <laughs> sure he is. I didn't I didn't actually look I'm, at that one yet. Our flag means Dan. <laughs> That's all I, I got to say. I'm here for it. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. But next week, next week we are coming back with our Sarah Jane rewatch with the uh, the story The Lost Boy. Yeah, we're going to finish out the first season. Officially. Mm-hmm. Like, this time yes. it actually is. The, <laughs> the We've confirmed. Was that it? Nope, there's one more. Are, are you sure? Is that it? No, no. Oh, sorry. There's one more. Can confirm. Yes. But no, uh, so, so obviously this is going to be a very Luke-centric thing. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. We like the kid. He's all right. For He's a weirdo. Right. For- He's a weirdo. Well. Even Clyde says so. <laughs> This has been episode 465 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next week, this is Jay saying, that's not Kier. I just saw Kier yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Kier saying, uh, I'm going to die in the next sequence, but it's okay because my arm is going to keep twitching and I'll keep breathing on camera so that you know I'm actually all right. (laughs) (laughs) This is Julie saying, you mentioned earlier the mustache twirling, but his mustache was not that long. So I feel that we might see him again. Oh. With a longer mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Haley saying, I can't wait to see the next staring contest competition between the doctor and the master. <laughs> they were going to make a vase. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. I don't see. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode.